I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Yeah, it's fine. It was all wrong. It doesn't have to be true. I just have to say it with confidence. I learned that from presidents. Anyway. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode R2-147, as we are talking on... It's 142. I told you before we started, it's 142. It is a Star Wars podcast where you say R2 and then whatever you want, and it makes sense, all right? <laughs> so welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve, as we're talking about the last three episodes of Andor, and its, fi- it's exciting finale that uh, streamed just recently on Disney+. Plus. So... We have been talking about Andor for a couple of weeks, doing it in in stints. Today we're talking about episodes 10, 11, and 12 on what is arguably the best Star Wars series that's ever been made. Wow. High praise. It is high praise and well-deserved, in my opinion. And uh, mine's the only one that matters. (laughs) I I posted this on our Twitter, but if you had to choose between Andor and the Mandalorian... Uh, man, I really forced that. It doesn't really work, does it? Uh, y'all, y'all are going Andor over Mandalorian? As far as like what I could only watch for the rest of time, or what I want to see more episodes made of? Uh, just what you think is better so far? I think Andor is a better show so far. Okay. I think that it also has a shelf life because we know when it ends. It's <laughs> <That's> fair too. <laughs> and the Mandalorian's like, hey guys. This is really unrelated to anything else you know about, for the most part. Uh, so we can just keep doing this as long as we want. As long as you guys think it's cool, yeah. I'll keep making cool stuff. <laughs> Whereas Andor is like, not only do you know exactly when it ends, we showed you exactly how it ends right. in another movie. So there's not... But I think as shows go, it's it's a lot better. The, and the last thing you see in this Andor first season... Tells you that we're much closer to Rogue One than I originally thought we were when we were in the first couple episodes of Andor. Which we'll get to that in a minute. Hey, did y'all notice? I noticed this, I guess, somewhere around like episode six or seven. That it seemed like they were adding instruments uh, to the opening uh, title sequence. So I went back and watched them all. And the first one starts off with like just a flute or clarinet or something. Second one adds a little bit of trumpets. And then like 10, 11, 12, it's, it's very blatant that they add like booming sounds in like 10 and 11, there's more orchestral sounding. And then 12, it's the big sound with a bunch of battle drums as you, as the Andor sign comes up. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, kind of symbolizing the rise of the rebellion as the instruments are all coming together for the last episode. Um, so little details like that, I think are really great and make... The difference between like a Mandalorian and uh, or, and Andor, or maybe not even Mandalorian, but just like a poorly, like a She-Hulk, like one that <laughs> he just kept, he threw it out there and like, eh, let's see if people like it. Whereas Andor, you can tell they put a lot of time and effort into the script, into the casting of the character, into the names of the characters, yeah. even um, into every kind of little minute detail. Um, they put a lot of effort into this show and I think it shows um, in a lot of different ways. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Drew on that... Um, I think this is much more compelling than uh, Mandalorian. 
because Mandalorian is very uh, episodic in the fact that he gets to a place, does the thing to get the thing he needs, then goes to another place to get the thing. Yeah. Whereas Andor, you're kind of like, I know how this ends. I'm not really sure where we're going to get to it or how we're going to do it. I really enjoyed this. I started off not thinking it was going to be very good. And uh, I'm with Drew, the supposedly handsome one. This is the best Star Wars that Star Wars has Star Wars in a long Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, to your point, Kyle, I think that Mandalorian is more like Saturday morning cartoon of Star Wars, right? Like every episode is its own bottle episode. You just go to a new planet, do some cool stuff, maybe talk to one reoccurring character and go credits roll. And then at the end of the season, they're like, and big finale kind of tying in loosely a couple of things we talked about previously. This is a really good series with a great story arcs throughout. And then kind of like these little microcosms of, um, hey, we're doing a prison episode now. And then we're just done with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and uh, but it's a it's a really good spy show. Yeah. Throughout. Uh, and I think episode 10 had a great example of that, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but before we jump in to the actual episodes, any other overarching feelings about the series as a whole? I love that we already have a season two lined up ahead of us. Um, like you said, Kyle, if we're really a lot closer to Rogue One um, than we're ready for, I don't know how that stands for a season two or a season three in the future. If, if that, you know, there's always so far you can go with this story. I guess you could do some, some Jane Erso stuff uh, or some of the other Rogue One characters. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited for season two. I, I, I agree with y'all. I think Andor has done a better job of creating a story uh, that with inner woven characters that show up in like a full fledged story instead of kind of this episodic thing. So I'm excited to see a whole nother season of this and kind of what leads to those opening scenes of Rogue One where Andor shows up and has to betray uh, somebody who's giving him information um, and how Nimic factors in, you know, is this notebook really going to show up uh, in a big way in season two? I hope so. No, he threw it away. Oh, I thought you were joking. <laughs> I was. I definitely wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I laughed really hard and everybody was still stoked. I was like, oh, no, I misread that pretty hard. That's tough. Um, Crawford, beginning uh, uh, episode 10, correct if I'm wrong, is the prison break. It's, yeah? it's a jailbreak episode, everybody. Uh, so episode nine ends with that uh, the old guy on their squad uh, dying, you know, getting the mercy kill, getting euthanized oh, in a hallway. And they were all like, hey, there's only one way out. Andy Circus, let's break out. Let's go. And so episode 10 picks up right after that. And it is an excellent jailbreak episode. I also love that you could tell he's done the groundwork and or done the groundwork of like laying the seeds of getting people involved because basically all it takes is Andy Serkis doing like a three sentence inspired speech of like, we're doing it mm-hmm. and everyone's on board yeah. like immediately for a while. He thought it was just Andor and like one of his like buddies that he's made. And it turns out they're all like, no, no, we've been ready for this for a while. Let's go. Yeah. And then the, uh, you kind of, you saw why he was sawing a hole into the pipeline. Yeah. But I I kept thinking he was just going to screw everybody over and crawl up there mm-hmm. himself to figure out that's what they needed to shut down the... I think that was very risky. I think he could have just as easily 
electrocuted everybody, everybody. in the whole prison. Everybody on the floor. Just as easily as he shut down the electric floors yeah. or whatever it was. Um, but that was pretty cool. And uh, that was a really intense uh, scene going through the hallways with the gun and and straight up murdering a whole bunch of people. Which, he does that too again in episode 12, a murder where I just went, oh my gosh, like, that was yeah. so brutal. <laughs> These are definitely the most brutal Star Wars kills in all of Star Wars. Yeah, Disney still does a pretty good job of moving the camera away from the laser blast going directly into them, for the most part. You just see laser, and then you see dead body, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I get what happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were a couple in there where you're like, ooh, that was pretty graphic for a Disney, like, execution right there. You know, Star Wars, they made a, George Lucas made a great decision when he invented lightsabers and laser blasters and stuff. Because the weapons all cauterize the wounds immediately. Yeah. So no blood. No blood. Yeah. I mean, it's genius. You can't get an R rating for that. There's no There's blood. There's no blood. I'm with that. Yeah. It also yeah. keeps you from having to... I don't know. You're able to deflect stuff and be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I'm fine." Ah, because of light <laughs> and stuff. I've got Beskar um, armor, which lasers can't penetrate. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I did think that this episode. I mean, there's great dialogue throughout all of these episodes, but this one specifically had several lines that stuck with me. And one of them, to me, was at the beginning when Andy Circus is still like, oh, "I don't know." They have all these guards. They have all these people. Like they're the Empire. Like. You know, they just killed a hundred people. Like I would call that power. And Andor looks at him. He goes, "Power doesn't panic." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ooh, yes, strong, straight from the mouth of Nimic." <laughs> and I, I really loved. There were a lot of lines throughout this whole episode, but I, that one stuck with me for sure. Uh, as they were leading the prison break, which, as a viewer, you're on the side of the prisoners because sure. you saw how they. You know, Andor, for example, wrong place, wrong time, falsely accused, got six years in prison for doing absolutely nothing. I mean, I, he did do some stuff, but like just not what they thought he did. And then all the other people, <laughs> you know, in there getting their sentence doubled. And you, you assume the rest of them are all in there for similar type things of just like wrong place, wrong time. But that can't be the case right (laughs) like there's gotta be some violent criminals in there that are uh now free or maybe free maybe they're dead i don't know i will i will say this if i'm part of that prison break which i absolutely would be there's no way that i'm getting to the end of that platform and just being like i guess i'll jump now I would go back inside and be like, "Well, we have all of the guns, so like I, I I'll go find another way, a, a spaceship or a transport of some kind." Yeah, maybe ask for a distress signal, see if a if a ship comes, you know, yeah. maybe go up to the roof. Uh, instead, they're all, or, or you know what? Hey, listen to this. Maybe I'll go to a lower floor and see if there's a less less dangerous jump. Maybe there's got to be a, a boat ladder. or a. Or a speeder. Maybe there's a shorter (laughs) jump somewhere. Because all those people, like, even if the fall doesn't kill you, there's another guy right behind you who's also going to land on top of you. (laughs) And now you're dead. And then there's another guy landing on him. So I guess the only way they're getting to the shore is like a raft of human bodies. Wow. (laughs) And Andy Serkis is going to be like the mast because he's dead. He can't swim. 
Which I love that they wrote out all of those characters by Andy Serkis, the one person being like, I can't swim, and then jumping. And you're like, oh, man, so I get why he's not in the rest of this series. <laughs> uh, but what about everybody else? Because starting in episode 11, there's just two. Yeah, and you're like, all yeah. right, there were like 10,000 of you. What happened? Yeah. They split up. But uh, that that's really interesting. I, I didn't think about the idea of just going back. You have the whole... Like campus, what's a better word? Prison, overtaken. Prison. Yeah, there's another ship bringing prisoners in. I don't know tomorrow, later today, in an hour. Who knows? Yeah. I never thought about that. That's a great point. They're getting there yeah. somehow, so there's probably a way to get back out. But that would have been less climactic. This was, I think, the climax of the show. I think episode ten was the climax, pretty much, of the whole show. Um, Twelve gives you a good little uh, fight scene there at the end, but I think this was the big part. They did a really, really good job taking their time with setting up. There's what? Three full episodes in the prison, basically? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that they, they did a really good job uh, taking their time with it, setting it up, uh, letting Andy Circus, you know, see, you see his character arc and the decisions he makes and how and why they change. Um, him saying, I can't swim at the end was like the perfect, like, oh, well, <laughs> we got this far, and here we are. I've got a good sucks. boy Snoke now. Um, I'm sorry, I can't. I was really yeah. hoping, I was really hoping they were going to be like, by the way, what should we call you? And he's like, General. <laughs> General Snoke. And they're like, what? And then he just falls in. They're like, oh, no. Yeah. I thought that would have been awesome. <laughs> um, I also think that the, the prison episodes are incredibly important for Cassian's character to your point Kyle I think that this is the climax for his character specifically which I mean the whole like shows about him but uh, this is where you see him move from I'm just a survivor you know trying to get my way in the world and also like find my sister question mark that never comes up again prison just beats that out of him he <laughs> he does not care about his sister one bit <laughs> That that uh, for six episodes I, I was like, man, we're gonna get really into like finding his sister, and now nope. it's just like, nah, Bix. we don't care. It's all about Bix, baby. Bix, baby. Yeah. If there's a choice of finding the long lost sister or Bix, it's Bix ten times out of ten. Um, oh, that made me sad. Anyways, but yeah, so that's the, the end the, of ten, right? Yeah, the the prison is where you know his character really gets formed, and then eleven and twelve, you get to see the falling action of the the repercussions of his new Andor, right? And then season two yeah. is going to be new Andor trying to lead the rebellion. Uh, and then eleven, I thought was one of the more boring episodes of the series. So I feel like they had like two or three episodes that are just kind of boring. But it's the exposition you need to get you to the end. Um, I don't. Do we want to spend any time on eleven? I... Well, I want to say one thing about the end of ten that leads into eleven is when ten comes out of the prison and goes back to Coruscant, and you see. We're re-engaged in a spy thriller. And it's Stellan Skarsgård talking to his agent, Mole, inside ISB. Oh, yeah. yep. And yep. I thought that this was, a this one shot in particular was a great example of how it was a, a great spy show. And that when the guy is on the elevator and he puts the earpiece in and he's talking to Stellan Skarsgård. I love that the shot is of him only yeah. in the elevator. It's not going back and forth. You're not seeing like Stellan setting up for it. You're just experiencing the fear of being a asset in a spy movie because you're in way over your head and you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
and you're just a man in desperation trying to do something that he signed up for, and now he's just being used, and he, he's out of control, and he's just talking to a guy on an earpiece, and just straight on him. And as a viewer, you get to experience that firsthand, which I thought was fantastic. And then I also think Stellan Skarsgård's like, contract required an epic monologue every three uh-huh. episodes. Because <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't just get to riff for six minutes, they're like, he's going to sue us. So I don't know. Just give him give him five minutes to see what he does. That was a really cool line when, uh, oh, was it this episode or was it 11 when he talks to you? No, it must have been 11, right? Uh, so 10 ends with him figuring out there's going to be attack on this place. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the red hair guy. Mm-hmm. Then 11, he meets up with uh, Forrest Whitaker's camp. Yep. And uh, he either relays that information to him. And he's like, oh, Forrest Whitaker's like, oh, we got to stop him. And he goes, no, if we do that, they're going to know we've got a mole inside. And he's like, but people will die. And he's like, but they're going to know we got a guy inside. So, like, I'm cool with sacrificing a bunch of people. Shows you, again, kind of the difference between, uh, it's like Skarsgård is not all good. And he's not all bad. But he definitely is in this for the long haul. Yeah. The, the, the end game. And not the... Uh, he doesn't care if he loses soldiers along the way. He's playing chess. Yeah, I did love the move he makes when uh, unstable Saw Gerrera is like, who's the mole here? Like, you've got a spy here, don't you? Who is it? Who is it? And he goes, it's Tubes over there. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? No, he's lying. And he's like, no, he tells me everything I need to know. And he pulls the gun. It's like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, he's an experienced operator. It was good. I believe in chess, we call that the Scars Guard Open. Am I right, Drew? Uh, it's more of a fiend keto, but uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I love Lutheran's kind of, we get to see some more of his uh, character and, and story up to this point, because I feel like he's going to play a big role in season two, um, based on how 12 or Andor's storyline kind of ends in 12. So it was really cool to see that. I would have liked maybe a little bit less exposition-y, like in that one monologue, but it was a cool scene. I agree with you, Kyle. It was filmed expertly just to give us one perspective of some guy who's really uncomfortable and scared. Um, so yeah, it's a cool character. I like what they're doing with him. I like that we have a good care, a good, um, you know, high ranking general type character who's willing to do bad things for the good of the galaxy. And I think that's kind of what Andor has been showing us the, these different levels, shades of gray that Star Wars has historically been a blue and red, you know, you either a blue side or a red side. I like that. Yeah. So that's what this, that's what the show has been to me. And the, the fact that it's done through a spy, you know, covert thriller type story is really cool. Really great. I think that's super smart and are doing a great job with it. Um, but I agree with you, Kyle. Also that 11 kind of is a little boring. I, I, I didn't, there's not a lot that I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else Crawford that you wanted to hear? I, I did laugh at the beginning of 11 when, uh, Cassian and the other prison guy that he escaped with that was on his squad. I never even learned his name. They are like <laughs> trying to survive. And you see Cassian again explaining to him like giving him hope and inspiration and seeing his leadership skills develop. And I thought that was cool. But I laughed when they got captured by the two fish people. And one, I couldn't understand a single word of dialogue from the yeah. fish guys. And so for about 90 seconds, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I hope they get on that ship somehow. And then they did. And I was like, all right, cool. So we're, we're off this planet. Um, and that, that was great. Uh, episode 11 also introduces the idea of the Ferrix brick, 
which I was all about. I thought that was really cool. Right. Yes. This is when they talk about because this is uh, you find out the mom is dead, and they talk about how on Ferrix you get cremated and put into mortar and a brick, and then you get built into the city. And I thought that's like a that's like a cool thing. It's way better than burying people, which is a weird thing that we all do. And <laughs> I also laughed at when uh, the old Scottish captain, who was like, "Ah, it's all about beating criminals up." Um, he calls Cyril on a Zoom call, and it's good to know that Zoom call still frees up in galaxies far, far away. That was again a very relatable, very relatable thing. Um, but yeah, Cyril, I hate that he's part of this, but he has to be. Does he? Yes. I don't know, man. Also, how did nobody find Cassian's secret stash in that suit in, in that uh, hotel in the bathroom? Like that maid service yeah. needs to step up their game because they had just millions of credits sitting in there in the shower, and he was like, "Nah, nobody's gonna check here." Can I ask you when you go to like a hotel, do you like check the the? Oh crap! What's it called? What's the thing that's on the toilet? You pull off the toilet the seat to see if there's a bag of money there or like get up and like you know hit the hit the boards in the ceiling i don't check the ceiling boards but i've seen the godfather so yeah i check the tank every time every bathroom i go in i check the tank do you guys not check the tank what if there's a gun in there and people are trying to kill you check the tank (laughs) psa for whoever needs this. Also, no, it's a great way to great. ice people if you're still into Smirnoff icing. <laughs> I don't know if like it's I don't know if it's 2012 or not, but it's a great way to ice people. You put it in back there and you turn the water off, and people are like, "What happened?" You're like, ah, oh, got me again. It's pretty great. You have to drink toilet. <laughs> I mean, you don't open it first. I'm not a monster. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Smirnoff Ice, and then finally in episode 11. <laughs> The other thing I absolutely loved that I can't believe you guys overlooked this and episode 11's boring. The last 10 minutes of it is a space battle. Get over yourselves. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, time out. So we always talk about how like Star Wars prequels always introduce this incredible technology that just was never around before when yeah. it could have been used mm. in the later ones. Yeah. When uh, when old boy Skarsgård Luthen is getting away from the TIE Fighter X-Wing uh-huh. Star Wars name things jargon. Uh, and he blow he blows up an entire satellite throwing shrapnel behind him. And I was like, man, I can think of six times Han Solo could have used that. But then he goes in between two of them, puts out laser f- things, and then just does like a twirl and rips them in half. Uh-huh. And my first thought was, wow. You could have done that to the entire spaceship thing that you just drove right on top of. And secondly, where was that when Han was tractor being pulled in to the Death Star or the big worm thing from episode five, four, five? Yeah, five, four. I love that they were like, listen, there aren't any Jedis in this, so we don't have any lightsabers. And somebody, I imagine somebody in the room was like, what if we put them on the ship? And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, what if we put lightsabers on the ship? And he's like, you're getting a raise, Johnson. <laughs> What's your name? And he's like, Ryan Johnson. They're like, you get to write the next movie. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that was good. I approve of that. But yeah, I, that was a great, that was a great scene. 
You get to see more of the inner workings of the Empire as they're trying to just do a random patrol. And they're like, hey, we're going to stop this guy and check him. And then you get to see some more technologies. He's talking to his little pal and he's lying and he's ah, trying to survive. And then he's got this cool space stuff that never comes up again in any of the other movies. Episode 12 starts off with this kid who, correct me if I'm wrong, we've only seen in the background like a handful of times. We don't even really like know his name at this point. And he's just like soldering together a bomb. Uh Uh-huh, big time. And like that's how episode 12 starts. I was just like, time out. Was I supposed to be paying attention to this kid? Because I don't think I've ever seen him in the foreground of a shot before. I thought he had a couple speaking lines as like uh, Fix's friend's right-hand underling guy. But that may be a different character. I'm not sure. Well, no, he... So... His dad was taken by the ISB, right? And was killed. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, and like, they are friends with Bix. And the dad was the one that like had the the radio in the back that Bix would go and use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, has he had a speaking line? He's had a couple, but they were all pretty innocuous. Like, hey, Bix, my dad's back there. Kind of a thing. All I know is in this episode started up with a guy we've only seen like four times putting a homemade bomb together. I was like, well... Thinking how this one's for you, kid. And I was wrong, yeah. which that was nice. Uh, but yeah, when you start off an episode that way, it's like, okay, strap in for the finale. No, to the point about the bomb, I think that, honestly, seeing a kid that you haven't really had any relation to building a bomb, that's the scariest kind of bomb. Like, if you had seen Never Cassie gets- and Andor <laughs> working on a bomb, you'd have been like, well, this is probably going to be important, and I know exactly why he's doing it. To see a random person just being like, and now I'm building a bomb, you're like, why? For what? Where? <laughs> why now? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's like the cold open of like every other FBI show out there. It's just somebody sitting yeah. in a garage being like, and now I'm going to build a bomb. And the next 45 minutes are explaining why he did it and how they stop him. Welcome to 24. And you missed the part with uh, the post on the local forum about how he hates whatever. Of course, he's trying to. Yeah, they do that a little bit with him just looking at a picture of his dad, being like, "This is for you, Dad." The other thing, and Kyle, I don't listen to the music of movies and television shows the way that you do. I love the insight that you bring on that front, but I do love. In this episode specifically, the use of music. And Ferrix has been using sound to communicate the whole time, right? The guy who plays the anvil. Yeah. And when they're all communicating with each other of like, hey, the, the the British are coming. The British are coming. And they're all just like hitting the pots and pans and stuff. This is, you see a, a use of music in this episode as like inspiration um, of like, rallying a people like when they get together and it's almost like a wake and they're all just like leading a procession like a new orleans wake type thing they use it for communication and then they use it for intimidation as well which is really cool like the the empire starts freaking out because all these people just show up with singing and music and it gets really intense and i love the the way that they used music to express all these feelings with no dialogue and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> You're dead on. And one thing that we kind of skipped over in episode 11, because it was just all uh, exposition, 
the whole thing is that they and spaceship lasers. Andor's once Andor's mom or kidnapper died, everybody <laughs> in the whole galaxy just assumed that he was going to come back to the funeral. And then when he hears at the end of Eleven that his mom and or kidnapper died, he was like, they were, they were like, stay away, don't come. And you're like, oh, he's obviously going to go to the funeral. And then I think they did a really cool little switcheroo where he did show up to that planet, but it was just to get Bix and not really to go to his kidnapper's funeral, which I appreciated, even though they did have a moment where he was like looking Thinking long about it. At oh, in that flashback that they used, um, God dang it. They used a flashback. Where he's talking uh, to his really, dad. Really, really well. Yes, 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 yes. I just had flashback with an exclamation point in my notes. Uh, so I couldn't remember what it was for. But yeah, they that was a really good use of a flashback. Unlike the first seven episodes of Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> that was really good stuff. And I think him getting up there to get to Bix was great. Him violently shooting that dude in the face with a blaster yeah. at point blank range was also like, oh, wow most gruesome Star Wars death besides maybe Darth Maul. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then that that was all. I thought that was really cool. I don't think Bix has a long life after this anyways, so I've, I'm not going to be too concerned with it. It was sad to see her so broken and sad. Um, what do you want to talk about the, uh, talk about the fight scene? Talk about the, talk about the, or I guess the speech that the little, uh, little robot wheels out there. First off, if you're doing this funeral for this, <laughs> if you're the Empire and you're letting these people have this big funeral for someone who is known as a rebellious person, you're going to let her little talking robot get up there and put her, uh, blue streamlight thing. What's that called? Uh, hologram. Hologram. That's the one. Uh, you're going to let this little stuttering robot put the hologram up there. Like she's not going to say everybody, you know, thanks for loving me. Go back to your jobs now. Like she's a hundred percent going to be like, let's start our revolution. They just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Wild. The empire is not very smart. How did they get control of the whole universe? I don't think they, I think the infrastructure is very well. Well, what you have to remember, Kyle, is that somehow Palpatine is back. So I think that kind of sums nice. up everything that uh, nice. explains the empire. But I also agree with you. They, stormtroopers and... uh, The worst aim of any soldier. (laughs) The lieutenants of the Empire and above really sit and listen to that hologram give its entire speech. Like, not once does anyone take a step forward or say, like, hey, are you listening to this? Should we stop this? They had to get a permit just to be on the road. Do you, do you think someone should have like maybe taken a sneak peek at what the hologram had to yeah. say like before they issued the permit? We're like, ah, it's fine. Guys, this I'm telling good. you, they got intimidated by the drums. They they were they didn't know what to do. <laughs> the anvil, yeah. Powerful. I did yes, absolutely. Very powerful. I did love that uh the what's her name? The lieutenant that got promoted that everybody in the Empire is worried about her rising through the ranks. Do we... Boring psycho chick <laughs> Yeah, is what I've been referring to. Okay, as. well, that one. I love that she's kind of running the operation, and she's so distracted with getting Andor that everything else does fall apart. I feel like that's part of what kind of leads to them being slow to respond to the hologram, to the procession, and to the fight. Um, is because all of the like people who make decisions for the Empire are not there. They're running around following leads that are trying to track down one guy in this really big town that is not going to help them out. 
things. This so, is an important leadership theory, right? If you put all the leadership at the top and you don't empower the people below you to make decisions, they're never going to be able to react in a timely manner. And they're always going to be looking to you to get stuff done and it's going to bottleneck. So if you want to run efficiently, you got to empower the people below you and you can't run through sheer fear and power, which is the empire's I, whole thing. I'm on a whole new thing now. What do you think? Like, what do you think the training regimen is? Like, what do you have to pass to become a stormtrooper? Like, is it just a pulse? Do they make them take like a, well, like a sharpshooting course? Well, at the beginning it was very rigorous and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And part of that is because they just need the numbers. You keep conquering new planets what are you going to be like, oh, man, I've just got this fresh batch of Marines sitting around. You're like, no, I, I will take whoever, whoever needs a paycheck. Come hold a gun. I Stand over there. <laughs> Lieutenant Captain, head of the Empire on Ferrix. She's running the ISB company. director. Yes, the ISB director. Okay, I like that. Uh, she has <laughs> left. I'm glad you like it. That's her title. <laughs> <laughs> Has left Bix, who we know is important to Andor, and but now we just call her Broken Bix. Broken that's her Bix. new that's her new title. Oh, that makes me sad. Uh, left her and the funeral procession, which is what we think Andor is coming back for, because there's a tip that Andor is over here, and I find that insane that you wouldn't just stay with either. Well, no, both the funeral and the prisoner you have right she doesn't care about any of those all of the the funeral the prisoner they're all just for getting to him i know right but so. he's coming to you as my point <laughs> so we're we're talking about a lot of stuff that is stupid so i'd like to redirect to something that's not stupid which was luthan showing up to the funeral as well also in hopes of killing andor yeah i thought that was a really cool little spin on him He's not there to help save the guy. He's like, I'm going to kill him before the Empire gets to him and learns all our secrets. you got to protect myself. That was awesome. Yeah. That was really, really good writing, and I did not see it coming. Oh. And this Skarsgård guy, I think, has a future uh, in acting. I think he does a well, really good Well, they did job. talk about it, like, several episodes ago, where they're like, you have to go back to Ferrix and find him and kill him. That's why That's why Cinta and other girls... Yeah, I just didn't think he was going to do it. Oh, Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think that was going to be the... I didn't think that was... Yeah, yeah. I, gotcha. I always thought, like, that wouldn't be what we're actually going to do. And he was there, and he had his gun. I was like, oh, he's really going to try to kill him. Okay, strap in, everybody. Well, hold on. I also love that the idea of, like, a local group of people using their important traditions to undermine the Empire, because that's, like, a reoccurring theme. Yeah. Right? That happened sure. in, the, in the heist episode, too. Yeah. They use the local, like, traditions... The Empire is like, ah, whatever, like, we're too, we're too good for all of that. We don't care. And people are like, great, we're going to use that to completely F you over. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. No, that's a really great point. Like, the Empire is such a strong force, um, but they don't, they're so spread thin, they can't just stop all. It's easier for them to allow people to have their religious traditions, to have their, you know, this is not going to bother us. We're still in control. And that's ultimately what ends up undermining them the whole time yeah that's that's another key theme in andor i love that i didn't notice i didn't pick up on that yeah but i i also love kyle to your point we'll get into the fight scene i love when the fight started that um uh, to count the weapon distribution the empire has <laughs> about 40 riot shields every single person has at least one blaster they have snipers 
at least a bag of grenades, and we'll get to that in a, a, in a second. And I don't know, probably a ship with lasers on it. Two the like, mounted turrets, also. Yep, yep, big time. Uh, which we also Killed saw no in, the, in the Mandalorian. Hit zero targets. The yeah. the local populace has a droid that has a charging problem and a blanket on it. A brick, <laughs> one homemade bomb in the hands of like a 15 year old, <laughs> and their fists. And they're like, We got this. What? <laughs> Listen to the hologram. Yeah. She's dead. Yeah. She said it's easy for dead people to tell you to fight. Let's do it. I was, I was actually really glad that they wrote that in because I was like, Yeah, leave it to the dead person. She's like, Yeah, go, go fight and die. What do I care? I'm already dead. Yeah. I died of old age. You get to die now. Yeah, perfect. Love that. Um, but yeah, uh, back to the bag of grenades. This is why I always leave my box of grenades at home when I go to funerals. You never bring your box of grenades to funerals. <laughs> no good can come of it, guys. Uh, Absolutely no good. I agree. And what a great throw. I mean, he's 15, but he's got a future if he can survive this all-out warfare against... He's got a cannon. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but that speech that she gave was really good. I thought it was a really powerful and impactful speech. Um, you don't always get that in a Star War. During that battle, and you get the uh, intercut with Andor getting Bix out alive, mm-hmm. and he does the coolest diving blaster yes. kill on the dudes in all black. Totally unnecessary, <laughs> but I loved it. I thought that was so great. Maybe the best yeah. kill uh, of the show. Oh, that was what it was. Uh, when that I really like that line when Andor sees that guy and he's like, I should have been here for what's her name, my kidnapper. And he's like, her final words to me were, tell him I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's really cheesy, but it also touched my heart a little mm-hmm. bit. I thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah, I really like that character. I don't know his name, but he's been cool the whole time from when the beginning when he had his gloves and he picked those up and that was cool uh, to the part where he had the brick. Yeah. And and instead of being like, oh man, we're gonna ceremonially ceremonially put your brick in the building and you'll be part of the city forever, he was like, I'm gonna murder somebody with your face. <laughs> ah! This is what you would have wanted. <laughs> That's exactly what she would have wanted. Marva was all for that. She was here for it. Mm-hmm. And he ends up on the plane, the spaceship out of there with Bix and a random broken Bix daughter of Ferrix. Dude, she and and the kid who threw the bomb. Nice and nice. and <laughs> the lame the robot. robot. Nice B two emo. Oh, e two B two B two emo B two emo. The lamest part of this episode was the fact that the really boring uptight chick from the Empire is has dropped her weapon <laughs> and she's in a mob full oh. of the rebel people <laughs> and the gun is just there on the ground and a bunch of people who have no gun. Fighting lots yeah. of people with all the yeah. guns. They prefer their just bricks. Just walk by. Yeah, yeah. Walk, just walk by the blaster on the ground, and it gets picked up by the weird dude who lives with his mom. And they have that really super weird scene uh, in the yeah. closet. Cyril and ISB director I, just have the weirdest sexual tension. The weirdest. I don't know what it is. I know it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to vomit. Um, but if you call it that, if you will. I was like, kiss already, or kill him already, him or her, I don't, like, whatever. I think... Do do one of those things. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Hey, uh... Fight scene was cool. Coolest, 
coolest kill in that whole fight scene was when the An- diving blaster kill anvil playing bell tower guy kicked a stormtrooper oh, yeah. out the top yeah just straight true. this is sparta kicked him out that rooftop this is sparta, and that was yeah. awesome and that dude was having a oh man just going neil pert on it just <laughs> neil pert <laughs> freaking loving it yeah, we got to talk about it. I hate, I hate again. I hate saying that I was right and other people are wrong. You but did you see the end credit scene? And then... What the robots are putting on the Death Star? Those are the gears they were making in prison, right? I didn't know there was an end credit scene. I'll be right back, team. Time out. What? You serious? Okay, so the end. Well, don't tell scene, me now. We're we're, talk, we're doing an episode on breakdown of episode two yeah, of the Andor. Are talking about the end credit scene? It's so we have. I have the last time. The end credit scene is apparently very easy to miss. So, listener, if you missed it, you can go back, or I can just tell you it's a bunch of little droids that are using the gears that they were making while they were in prison to put together something that's going on the Death Star. And the last shot is like you see the droids putting the thing down, and it slowly zooms out. You can see like there's different like sections of the Death Star that are all being like pushed together. Really cool. Which is why I said earlier we're way closer to Rogue One than I thought we were because the Death Star is like almost complete yeah so that was pretty cool i thought that was a really cool shot and like is anything more star wars than a death star i don't know so some of the big takeaways for me on this show as a whole were that one Stellan skarsgård is great and there should be a skarsgård in everything and i'll stand by that forever two captain andor is a very well-developed character and i love what they were doing with this Star Wars should make more spy movies and should make more movies about what goes on in the universe that's not just about like famous characters that have been around for 50 years or things dealing with the Skywalkers. And three, they made a droid that had more emotional arc than all of Hayden Christensen. And <laughs> that droid was amazing. <laughs> When he when he did the like little sad speech to Cassian at the end of episode twelve, like you're not coming with us, and broken <laughs> broken Bix was like, Andor will find us. He always finds us. It's like ah yeah, broken Bix, she's back. Uh, still broken, but you know, still in there. But yeah, that droid was fantastic. You get to experience the pain of loss of like a child through a droid. And that was beautiful. When Marva dies and he's like, I don't want to be alone. Like, I, I like can't handle it. And he's like, not processing it. It's like, ah, what a beautiful moment. Thank you, Star Wars. I absolutely love the show. Uh, Crawford, we almost missed it. The best part of this episode. There's a reference to Canto Bite, the casino planet. Oh, my God. From The Last Jedi. Oh, my God. Did you freak out at that? No, I didn't. I rolled my eyes. Come on. It's terrible. It's upsetting. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. I want to I want to collectively as a universe we all go We all know that didn't happen, right? We're going to agree it didn't happen. We're going to ignore it and we're going to move on. We're going to pretend like there's a 25 minute space inside that movie where two characters that just are kind of important disappear and we're all okay with it. Do you remember in Arrested Development uh when uh Job has those forget me now pills? Yeah, that immediately knock you out. He goes, take this and love us again, Michael. <laughs> I feel like that's what Star Wars has done with Mandalorian. 
And with Andor, it's like, forget everything Ryan Johnson said. Take this and love us again. <laughs> Don't cut that. It's fantastic. <laughs> I absolutely agree. <laughs> forget all about Candobite. So overall, I think we can all agree Andor is the best Star Wars show that has been created. And as Kyle likes to point out, it's the most Star Wars that Star Wars has Star Wars in a long Star Wars. And Andor did a great job. Thank you, Disney+. Plus. You're two for three on creating good content for us on, on live-action Star Wars things. So I'm excited. I'm talking about Obi-Wan, man. You're two and a half for four. four. <laughs> Fair enough, I'll take that. You're yeah. two and a half for four. So you gotta really step up your game. Make sure that we can hit back to back doubles here on on the next one. I am excited to see what happens in season two. I'm Handsome Drew, and this has been Andor episodes one through twelve. Thank you so much for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.